St. Paul gives us this encouragement today. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called and about which you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. My dear fellow saints, during the first few lessons of my adult confirmation class, I always remind the participants in the class that the devil is going to be coming at them harder and in more creative ways than he ever has in their past. Because I've seen it countless times over my 27 years in the ministry. I tell them that before this, if they were unbelievers, the devil wasn't all that concerned about them because they already belonged to him. Or if they were nominal Christians, he still wasn't all that concerned about them because even though they belonged to God, they weren't doing anything with their faith. But now, now that they were are Christians and they are growing in their faith and they are involved in sharing their faith, now the devil is ticked because they are encroaching on his territory and he's going to come at them harder than ever before. And almost every single person over those 27 years in the ministry has said, said something to this effect. Ah, that makes sense now. Now I understand what's happening. And then they go on to explain specifics. So they'll say things like how they're, as they've been growing closer to God and in their relationship with God's family in the church, at the same time they have been growing apart from their non-believing their non-Christian friends and family, that their family, and it calls them hypocrites, that their friends mock them as being phony, that their co-workers are calling them stuck up. And Jesus prophesied this would happen. As Jesus sends out the 12 with a renewed interest in sharing their faith, he says, do not think that I came to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. You see, the Prince of Peace came to bring peace between sinful humanity and his holy heavenly Father. But Jesus promises that this heavenly peace will often be accompanied by earthly division. Satan and our sinful nature like to pit our love for God against our love for our family and friends. Jesus comes to bring peace, but not an earthly peace where everything is peaches and cream and life could be a dream. No, Jesus did not come to bring that kind of peace. Jesus comes to bring peace with the sword, the sword of God's word. God's word that is double-edged with law and gospel. And why does Jesus come with a sword? Well, in order to unite us with God, he must first separate us from all of the things that we hold dear in life. So that we might learn to fear, love, and trust in God above all things, he must separate us from all of those things on this world that we fear, love, and trust in. Everything that we have are gifts from our good and gracious God. And we thank God for these gifts, especially for the gift of family. But family can also become idols that separate us from our faith. And many of you know what I'm talking about. You felt the tension within your own family. 
Maybe it's that your adult child is caught in a sexual sin. And so now what do you do? Do you point out that sin and call your child to repentance at the risk of alienating your child? Or do you ignore the sin in order to keep some kind of familial peace? Or maybe you are dating or married to a person who is not Wisconsin Synod Lutheran. And so you, you invite that person, your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, to come to church with you. And even that you'll sit in adult confirmation classes with them, but they have no interest. And so eventually you stop inviting. And maybe you even stop coming to church and Bible study, again, just to keep the peace. Or maybe you have family at your house over the weekend. Or maybe you have some good friends at work that you want to invite to church with you, but you know that your family and friends are offended by our biblical doctrine of closed communion. So you keep your mouth shut. You don't evangelize. You don't invite because you want to keep the peace. And so you see, we are tempted to divide ourselves from God so that we can be united with our family and friends. We are tempted to compromise our heavenly peace so that we can keep some kind of semblance of earthly peace. But in doing that, we are not inviting our family and friends to know about the heavenly peace that comes only through Jesus Christ. We need to fear and respect our earthly fathers. But we need to fear and respect our heavenly father even more so. We need to love our earthly mothers, but we need to love our new mother of the Christian church even more so. We need to trust in our brothers and sisters, but we need to trust in Jesus Christ, our heavenly brother and savior, even more. For Jesus tells us, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The truth of God's word is like a sword. It is a sword that can divide parents and children, family and friends. Or in our efforts to keep the peace, we can drop the sword and then the truth will also be given up. Jesus understands very well this kind of family division. Though Mary and Joseph believed in their son as their savior, it seems that Jesus' brothers and sisters did not share in that faith. Jesus' siblings even considered him, at least for a time, as crazy and out of his mind. It seems that it wasn't until after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection that his brothers and sisters then were brought to faith. By the grace of God, Jesus' brother James not only came to faith in Christ as his Savior, but then also became the head of the Christian church in Jerusalem. He was later martyred for that faith, being stoned to death by the Pharisees. So Jesus knows firsthand the division that the sword of the Spirit can bring within families. He understands the pain of a family divided. He knows the heartbreak. But for your sake, he was willing to bear it. He was in conflict with his brothers for you. He was misunderstood by his mother for you. 
during the three years of his earthly ministry, it seems that he was pretty much homeless for you so that he will help you in your heartache, that he will gladden your heart while you grieve. He will give you solace even in your sadness. For you see, Jesus is concerned with rescuing you and then he is concerned with rescuing those around you. And in all of this rescuing, Jesus is swinging the sword of the Spirit. It divides and damns. It also separates and saves. And this division within your family, it may be a cross that you are called upon to bear. For Jesus teaches, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The cross is God's gracious means of restoration. It's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross that God gives his forgiveness. That restores us to a new life and grants us salvation. And now, you are called upon by Christ to bear Christ's cross so that others can hear of it and then receive the benefits of Christ's cross, of the restoration to new life and salvation. Jesus' desire for you is that you take his cross seriously. You Cherish your relationships with your family and friends, and rightly so. But they cannot come at the expense of your relationship with your triune God, with Christ's cross and the sword of his word. Do not make a golden calf out of your relationships with your family. You need to remember to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And why is this so important? Today, we are going to be confessing our faith in the ancient words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten from the Father. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Now, compare that creed with this next creed I'm going to share with you. Perhaps this week you heard about the anti-Christian creed that went viral. It's called the Sparkle Creed. And I'll read just a few sentences from this heretical creed. I believe in the non-binary God whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads, and who saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. This is gross. This is demonic. This is a perversion of the Christian creed. But I share this creed with you so that you know the kind of division that is out there in our world. Christ is calling for his faithful disciples to use the sword of the Spirit to cut away all that is false, creepy, heretical, and leads people away from Christ's cross. The words of that sparkle creed would be laughable if they were not so damnable. Because this is not Christian. This is 
pagan. And the place, and I hesitate to call it a church, the place where this creed was being spoken, when you zoomed in on the picture of the congregation, they were all elderly, all with white and gray hair. So here were these elderly sheep that were being led by their false shepherd away from the good shepherd. Instead of leading the sheep to salvation as a faithful under-shepherd should do, she was leading them to Satan's slaughter. And why this is even more angering for me is because even though young people can get sucked into this kind of false doctrine, when it's older people, they have less time to repent. As we heard St. Paul tell us today in our epistle lesson, our calling as Christians is to help others to flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. We take up the truth of God's word to fight the good fight of faith. Also this week, while I was canvassing with some of our teens, I received a phone call from a Wells pastor up north. He was telling me about Mike and his wife that this couple had come into the pastor's office and were telling him that they had bought a house up north and they were planning to retire there. And then Mike received a diagnosis of cancer and given only a few months to live. The pastor said that Mike was in his office in tears, that Mike had been a member of Epiphany decades ago, long before I was even here. And Mike was there confessing his sins and confessing his faith. He repented that he had been absent from the Lord's house and the Lord's table for decades. But still in talking with the pastor, he still recounted the words of the creeds and of the catechism and of his faith that was instilled in him by a faithful pastor, parents, and teachers. And I shared this story with the teens Uh, During our lunch, after we were done canvassing, I told them, this is why we are doing what we're doing today of canvassing in the smoke and the humidity. And I'm telling you this story today because this is why we do what we do in the church. This is why we've called and now have received an in-reach pastor who will be working with our elders to call our straying sheep back into the flock. This is why we work so hard in our school and high school and church to catechize our children and why we confess these ancient creeds every Sunday in our worship. This is why together we bear Christ's cross and why we swing the sword of the Spirit. The devil and his demonic forces are going to come at you hard. They're going to come at you hard whether you are new to the Lutheran and Christian faith or whether you have your own self-assigned pews in the church. They want to pit your family against your, your family of God. They want to create disunity in your home so it dis- disrupts your unity of the church of God. They want to keep you silent and the sword of the Spirit still. And yet we love God more than all things. And so we use that sword to divide, that divides families so that the Holy Spirit can unite us into a new family. 
We swing the sword of the Spirit to call our family to repentance, our friends to, inv- to invite them so that they can share in this faith and so that we can invite them to love the one who loved them so much that he laid down his life for them on the cross. We speak to our father and mother about our love for our Heavenly Father. We speak out to our brothers and sisters about our love for our Heavenly Brother and Savior, Jesus Christ. We open up the Word of God so we let the Holy Spirit do His work through our words. And in swinging the sword of the Spirit, we are brought into a family that is united with God, our Father, Jesus, our brother and Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our comforter and counselor. A new family of baptized and communing believers. A family that gathers here at Water of Life. Amen.